previously a little bit leave it hello everyone welcome back to little bit leave it the podcast where we talk love island uk in the usa my name is ben and with me as always it is my podcasting partner and partner in life becca this is a hell of a week and a hell of an episode. Yeah, the season is finally heating up. We've got some real drama. Of course, we are here today to talk about Love Island UK season seven, the fourth week of the season. And before we do that, just wanted to mention that if you really like the podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash little bit leave it for as little as $2 per month. I think we should get right into it. Okay. No small talk. Let's talk about there what matters. There is so much to go over. I think one of the big headlines from this week is Danny. Is a piece of crap. Yeah, he is the most controversial Islander this season, probably the most problematic Islander in the history of the show. Yeah, they must have been taking notes from MTV's Are You The One? This guy seems more suited for that level of nonsense. I am actually surprised that he made it through the casting process and made it on TV. Through all the psychological profiles. First, let's talk about his use of the N-word on social media on a couple of posts. He used the word without the hard R at the end as a term of endearment toward another white dude. Should he have done that? No, obviously not. It's not ever appropriate to use that word. Though I will say I was a little frustrated by how um, oversimplified the dialogue around this controversy was. You know, the way that I think about racism is not so much about, oh, this person is a racist and this person is not a racist, more about we are in this white supremacist racist society and, you know, we've all kind of done racist things because white supremacy is really kind of indoctrinated into all of us who live in the United States, who live in the Western European world, right? And I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely obviously think that Danny is a hugely problematic guy. He seems to have some racial animus. But I don't know. Beck, do you think that Danny deserves any benefit of the doubt in this case? Okay. So wait a minute. This is a grown person tweeting two years ago or whatever social media in two years ago this was not a decade ago before we all collectively woke up a little bit this was not a high schooler this was not on an ephemeral form of social media like a snapchat that was supposed to disappear you know people seem to be feel a little freer on those things this was something that was permanent and i don't think that he should get just a oh whoops that sucks don't do that i think you are Maybe not. We are not in the position to say how he should be treated. It sounds like you definitely do not think he should get the benefit of the doubt. No, I don't think so at all. Like I said, he was an adult. This was two years ago. This was not meant to disappear and only be seen by the intended white recipient. Impact beats intent any single day of the week. It doesn't matter 
what you meant if you're hurting a whole population of people by it. And since you and I are not the ones who are being hurt directly by it, maybe it's not our place to say how much forgiveness he should or should not get. Yeah, no, I I hear you there. And he should not have been on the show in the first place. I think the casting department fell down in a big way, even getting him on the show. And I do agree with you. I don't think he should get the benefit of the doubt. I, I totally agree with that, especially given what he said after the show. I don't think he's really demonstrated any kind of understanding or empathy. And I'm always super suspicious when anyone uses that phrase. He doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Like that was, I think, what his dad said about him when the controversy first emerges. Because I don't know, whenever someone starts talking about racist bones, it's usually yeah, not a good sign. Well, you have to figure where did he see that behavior being okay? There has to be a certain amount of leniency in the home and in his social world and in the culture he's growing up in to feel like that is appropriate. Yeah, the interactions with Aaron that we'll talk about seem a little bit more loaded, right? Totally. Right? And it's kind of disturbing in some ways. All the ways. Yeah, all the ways. And we're not even done talking about our issues with Danny because Danny also exhibits the behavior of somebody who is controlling and abusive towards their partners in relationships. Uh, He does this with Lucinda on multiple occasions. During the recap, I kind of pointed out specific incidences, but she is afraid of him and his feelings by the end of their quote unquote relationship. Yeah. And he thinks that once he's coupled up with her at the beginning of the week, that she's kind of his property and other guys need to, you know, I'm not sure what he thinks other guys should be doing. Is he asking Aaron to be sneaky so he doesn't know that he's talking to Lucinda? What's up with this? There's a time and a place thing that Danny keeps going off about. One of my favorite comments on Reddit this week was on that line from Danny from the username the real Bruce Dickinson. Shout out if you're listening. He said to Danny's there's a time and a place. Yeah, bud. The time is at night when everyone grafts and the place is the Love Island Villa. It is literally the show you're on, Danny. Danny also blames Lucinda for showing interest in Aaron and encouraging him when he knew that Lucinda and Aaron were interested in each other before he decided to couple up with her. Did he not even get an option to take her on a date? Because he could have taken her on a date. Yeah, he could have. But he didn't. But he didn't. And then we see Danny make fun of Lucinda to the other guys when he supposedly likes her, making her seem stupid and worthy of poor treatment. You know, this whole idea that, hey, if even the guy who is in a couple with her treats her like that, she must really not be worth much. You know, it's okay to treat her like that. And then Snog Mary Pie, we'll talk about that in more detail later, but his behavior was extremely disturbing in that game. Thankfully, Lucinda does not seem to be looking for a manipulative, abusive relationship. Uh, You know, what Danny did, snogging another girl and then marrying another girl in the game and then pieing Lucinda was obviously designed to make her feel bad and in a way that would leave her desperate for Danny's affection and attention. Yeah, if that was supposed to be a neg, he failed miserably. Yeah, I think it would have worked with certain women, but I'm so glad it didn't work here. I've seen women respond to horrible shit like that from guys 
you know, there are certain women who may be primed to think that kind of treatment is okay. We've seen that on the show. Oh, he's too nice. He's too nice. And I understand that to a certain extent and that, okay, maybe you want a guy who will, you know, give you a little shit back. But there are also women, I think, who've been on this show who would have appreciated what Danny did. Yeah. So Danny picks Lucinda at the beginning of the week. But before he does that, AJ picks Hugo and Hugo does not look too happy about it. Neither does she. I think she would have definitely preferred to be with Liam, but she finally got the message. Yeah. And then, of course... Danny does pick Lucinda. Yeah, he says he can see a future with her, which is some amazing ESP shit for having known her for like 13 seconds. And again, why didn't he pull her for a date? Then I think it mostly goes as expected. Aaron picks Kaz for a friendship couple. And then Jake picks Liberty. And her snotty nose. Liam picks Millie. With the most basic ass speech ever. Toby picks Chloe. Again, Toby, you basic. And finally... Teddy picks Faye. With what I thought was actually a really good speech about wanting to see her other side. And unfortunately, Sharon goes home. Faye, Kaz, and Hugo are notably the most upset. Hugo says she doesn't compromise. She wanted what was best for her. And I think that's a really tough way to go through life. I didn't even particularly like Sharon, but I have a lot of respect for her. Yeah, I thought she was a pretty good islander. I'm sorry to see her go. Hugo apologizes to AJ for his body language during the ceremony. He knew Sharon was going to end up leaving and he was really upset. So I don't know, maybe Ian was right when he said that he would have preferred sticking on Friend Island with Sharon. I don't know, I almost feel bad for AJ, maybe? Yeah, I think I do a little bit. After this recoupling, Aaron pulls Lucinda and that gets Danny a little upset. Aaron tells Kaz it's not over, he's going full blast. Aaron and Lucinda start to chat, but they move locations because Lucinda catches Danny eavesdropping. Yeah, and it's quickly revealed the feelings between Aaron and Lucinda are mutual. After they move, though, Danny is still spying on them. So Aaron offers to kiss her to give Danny a show, and she literally leans back and swerves him when he comes in. Now, thankfully, Aaron is the coolest of the cool, or a great actor, and he laughs about it with the guys, and Aaron getting swerved is the talk of the house for the rest of the night. That was actually a really funny scene. I enjoyed him uh, talking with Hugo about it, and I guess what, Toby was the other guy? Or Teddy. 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 Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so Danny complains to Jake in a friendship I do not approve of. It's my night. Lucinda knows now that Danny's upset. Lucinda tries to, you know, mend the relationship just to keep the peace. So she comes over to chat with Danny. And the first thing he says is, did you kiss him? Gosh, I really do not like this guy. And then he goes and confronts Aaron. He's so chavvy. So Danny is mad that his first 24 hours weren't all about him, him, him. He says Aaron doesn't owe him loyalty, but he does owe him respect. And as we alluded to in the beginning, he basically does everything but call Aaron boy. Aaron just lets Danny run his mouth. He apologizes and doesn't escalate it. I thought Aaron played it perfectly, honestly. He's the coolest. Uh, And Danny knows it because Lucinda and Danny share a bed that night and he literally takes her side of the bed to prevent her from laying next to Aaron. This dude is so insecure and controlling. I really can't wait for him to leave. He's the worst. The next day, 
It's time for another challenge, the Catitude Challenge. Girls dress like cats, the boys dress like mousies, thank you Hugo, and they do some stupid shit. There's a couple TNA inserts throughout the main program. The cat suits are actually really cute. Sometimes the costume department really steps it up. So not much to note in this stupid ass game, uh, except Kaz really laid it on Aaron during the snog part, which rated a damn... And she says, friends kiss, right? And I was kind of hoping to see more from that, but I think it kind of doesn't go any further. The other thing is that after the game, Danny teases Aaron about beating him to a kiss with Lucinda. They fake clear the air as Teddy notes, there is not a friendly vibe between them. They are not cool. There are no buds. And so the rest of the day continues with Danny being a prick. He crashes Lucinda's chat with Chloe to ask her who she is gravitating towards. And she says him because they're coupled up and it's easier. She's obviously trying to appease him. And so he says, well, outside of that, because he doesn't want to waste his time. Chloe feels the tension and bolts, which is understandable, but really shitty of her. If you see your female friend getting into a very uncomfortable conversation with a threatening dude, please don't leave her there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they can't see it as clearly as we can. The villa is a very confusing place. It's very intense. You're really focused on yourself and the person that you might be pursuing. But yeah, Chloe did not come off great there. I agree. Well, you know, and it's a personal conversation and it's none of her business. But also like we're 40 and she's 25. So live and learn, right? Yeah, we're not 40 yet. So Danny's worst fear is being mugged off and having his pride hurt, which he says flat out to Lucinda. Not a red flag at all. Nope. So Lucinda goes and tells Aaron that Danny makes her feel really uncomfortable, that she has to worry so much about his feelings. Meanwhile, Danny tells the guys all he's worried about is moving faster. It's not moving fast enough for him. He wants more, more, more. Barf. Speaking of things going too slow, Hugo is feeling really uncertain about AJ after the challenge. Something is still missing, and it seems to have been off with her since the egg game kiss. She have bad breath? That's actually a really interesting theory. What if she just had horrible, horrible breath? This whole time and no one told her and no one gave her a mint? I don't know. Yeah, you'd think one of the girls might have told her. I know, but she is still laser focused on him through the week. She's not thrilled it's moving slowly either, but as long as it's moving. But he ends up dumping her a few days later while rocking terrible grease down hair at the 70s party. And he tells her to go talk to Danny, which I thought was a sick burn and not in a good way. Yep. Since Danny is already very clearly unstable. And then Hugo did us a little favor, right? Yeah, he said if it's been five, six days and you're not feeling it. Little bit, leave it. Which is exactly what Hugo did. So the next big thing, Chloe and Toby hit the hideaway. Chloe tells him, wear something tight, big boy. Which, sorry, just felt like a cheap Paige and Finn knockoff. They report in the morning they did more than kissing, but not much. Chloe tells the girls it was very hot, as in temperature, and over very quickly. Toby tells the guys he lost one nil. The pitch was flooded and quickly abandoned. Yeah, so that's a euphemism for premature ejaculation? I think both of their stories seem to suggest that. But we don't have time to reflect too much on that because it's one of our favorite Love Island traditions, Snog Mary Pie. And while nothing will ever reach the heights of season five, when Anton 
married Belle instead of snogging her, this one I thought came pretty close. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really good snog Mary pie. So real quick, Liam has a snog with Kaz. What? Does he not know how this game is played? But this season, they seem to be playing it differently because then Jake has a snog with Kaz too, which unfortunately was overblown in the next on from the previous episode. Everyone thought Lib was going to flip out and she saw it exactly for how it was. Toby plays correctly and snogs Chloe at least. So then Danny snogs AJ, snubs Lucinda with the ring saying, you ain't spoke to me, then pies her. I know we already said it, but it bears saying again because this dude sucks. Yeah, that was so, so messed up. Faye is happy Teddy married her. And he also snogged Kaz. Hell, Kaz, get some. Hugo proposes to Lucinda on his right knee because he's saving his left knee for the real thing. Is that a thing guys think about? I didn't even know there was a knee that you were supposed to use. Me either. Kaz then snogs Hugo to see what he's working with. I love she's sampling all the guys while she's single. I think it's really funny and fun and such a great way to embrace what has to be a less than optimal situation. But then Toby ducks the pie. And as they say, it's not the first time he didn't stand up and take it like a man. Yeah, Toby is just obnoxious. Lucinda doesn't pie Danny because she's not into petty revenge. And I think we see Lucinda grow up a little bit today. She's young and she hasn't done anything terrible, but that was a real sign of maturity. And I love watching these people grow from kids to young adults. Yeah. Step by step. Danny is mad. She snogs Aaron after he was the worst to her. (sighs) So Lucinda pulls Danny afterwards and they have a weird conversation about how she owes him for being nice to her. And he says that she's a Lamborghini that doesn't work and he needs a new car. So he's going to nip it in the bud and end it. I think Danny is playing a really dangerous game. And I don't mean in relation to Love Island. I think that his actions are not leading anywhere good. You heard Lucinda say, you're the one who's nipping it in the bud. Thankfully, she has her head on straight. And I know she gets a ton of hate from the viewing audience. People really do not like Lucinda. Really? They think her accent is annoying, which, you know, being American, I don't. They're all annoying. (laughs) No, that's not what I was going to say. But I am not. I do not share the hatred of Lucinda. I mean, I don't love her, but like I said, I enjoyed watching her grow up and handle the situation like a true class act. Yeah, though she is not the most exciting Islander. I do. I do agree with that. But a lot of people are retconning Brad into this fantastic, great guy. And Lucinda, you know, has wronged him by moving on to Aaron so quickly. And I just don't buy that. No, barf. So Danny, having nipped Lucinda in the bud. Which I think it was really the other way around. And that's how we recorded for fantasy purposes. Danny then turns his attention to AJ. And Lucinda does the right thing and goes right back to Aaron. The mood is a little lighter. She teases him about his lack of success. She asks him, how long did it last with Sharon? And he says, about as long as you and Brad. And they have their big snog and... Yay. You can't really make a cute couple name out of them. Luaren? Arcinda? I like Arcinda. (laughs) And Arcinda have their snog and there's a nice little bow on that. 
Yep. And then Toby, kind of out of nowhere a little bit. I thought this had been resolved, but Toby is confronted by Kaz and Liberty. Well, it's because he ducked the pie. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, he ducked the pie and that kind of brings up those feelings. Right, well, and then so Liberty pied him because he ducked Kaz's pie. Right. And he thought that everything had been resolved and they thought they were being playful. So Toby gives us his interpretation on what it means to live life with no regrets. Apparently it means lying about not being disrespectful. Teddy helps him realize that what he literally said to Kaz is I don't regret disrespecting you. So Faye and Toby end up getting into a Cross Villa shouting match because she was loudly trash talking him and she called him ducking a pussy move. Teddy tells Faye to stop it, to stop yelling, and that sets her off again. Yeah, that was surprising. Toby then nastily pulls Liberty aside to say, oh, say what you need to say to me. Uh, He seems to think the problem is that he's been misunderstood. And he says, it's a shame the mistakes I'm making are hurting Kaz. Liberty tells him, go talk to Kaz about it. Like, I have no beef with you. Go take this up with Kaz. Like, leave me out of this. Finally, after some solid coaching by Aaron later in the week, Kaz gets a real apology with accountability and humility. And one thinks that perhaps Toby has learned something. Maybe. We'll see. More excitingly, Faye and Teddy finally go on a date it's bicycles thankfully not a bicycle built for two we've seen how that goes well they're both pretty terrible at it but they seem to have a good time they have a good laugh and then they sit on cobblestones which ouch yeah and they what, they drink a bottle of wine in front of a church or sangria in front of a church maybe i don't know all i could focus on was how much that must hurt Faye was too jokey for my taste I really wanted her to let him in a little bit, although she does acknowledge that she's crap at feelings and he really likes her and he's open about it. You know, he says in the beach hut afterwards that he picked the right girl for the journey. Yeah, but I I think you're starting to see the first cracks in that wall, the Great Wall of Faye. It was nice to see the girls come up with their own version of the Breakfast Club based on school exam levels. And I think this really shows us the problem with this season. The girls are all really smart and the boys are all really dumb. That's really, that's good. I thought you were going to say, I think that shows us the problem with us not having done a deep dive on A-levels and O-levels. Well, I don't know, it's like NVQs. Yeah, I think they don't even do A's and O's anymore. Yeah, NVQs, nine stars. I don't know, but the girls on the whole this season are much smarter than the average girl cast. And I think the boys on the whole are much dumber than the average boy cast. Yeah. Toby has been the guy who's been the center of all of the drama from the male perspective. He's kind of like the leading guy of the season and he's just dull and dumb. I mean, Liam doesn't seem too bright. Jake doesn't seem too bright. Teddy doesn't get enough screen time. Yeah. Teddy seems intelligent. Aaron and Hugo. Those three guys to me all seem pretty smart. Right, but Sharon, Kaz, Liberty, Faye. Yeah, no, all the girls. Millie. All the girls seem. Well, Lucinda doesn't. But yeah, no, not Lucinda, but all. Like I said, on the whole, on Chloe, the average. Yeah. Mm, on the average. Yeah, yeah, maybe not Chloe. The girls seem to be a smarter bunch than normal. Yes. Because I feel like in a previous season, Sharon would have felt really isolated. Yep. And she's not at all. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, if Camilla was on this season, she probably would have had a much easier time making friends. 100%. 
Yeah. They're very, very smart, but they do not know anything about the history of popular culture, it seems like, or else the producers and the wardrobe department have not supplied these kids with what they need for this 1970s party. I don't know who actually looks like they're dressed 1970s. The girls look cute overall. There's, you know, one piece, big print halter pantsuits. Yeah. The guys, though, I didn't really see any of the guys really looking 70s. Those shirts were dumb. Yeah. The public vote is what's important. Yes. The guys choose one of three girls to dump and they are choosing between Lucinda, Chloe and AJ. And the girls choose one of three guys to dump and they are choosing between Teddy, Toby and and Danny. Now, thankfully, the public chose Danny to be up for elimination. Any of these that you were surprised to see in the bottom? I mean, I was surprised to see Teddy, but he doesn't get much screen time. He's pretty quiet. His romance with Faye is not exactly boiling. So I wasn't surprised, maybe disappointed. Yeah, I agree with that. No big surprises here. So the guys dump AJ and the girls dump Danny, which gave me season one vibes. They're circling the wagons and dumping the newbies. Yeah, a little bit. I wasn't disappointed because I hated Danny and AJ served her purpose. Yeah. They get the hero send off, which is dumb. I agree with that. And as Ian says, you know, crack on with Hugo and go home. And then three new islanders emerge. Tyler, an estate agent. Faye is excited about his job. And Kaz is excited that he's taller than Liam. We get a whole scene of them measuring each other back to back, which was weird. They must be really bored. Second, we see Abigail, a tattoo artist. Who's pretty in a weaselly way. I think she's pretty. And Georgia, a retail marketing consultant. Which is boring and kills the whole conversation about who are you and what's your job. Now, so Georgia. Georgia says she likes Hugo. Which makes him run away. Yeah, so she's clearly brought in specifically for Hugo. She is exactly what Hugo keeps saying his type is. On paper. Yeah, blonde, leggy, very natural looking. She seems smart, sophisticated. But that night, he gets a little poor me, which was really frustrating. He has not suffered from lack of interest. You know, you can be bummed that none of the relationships have panned out. But four girls... Four girls have shown interest in him, which is so much better than so many of the other guys who've played this role of the everyman. Yeah, I mean, he is playing a certain role in the villa, but I don't necessarily blame him for not being interested in Sharon after she friend-zoned and desexualized him within a few hours of their first coupling up on the opening day. I am not saying that he shouldn't be bummed that they didn't work out. Right. I'm saying that poor me, four girls have been interested in me, doesn't fly for me when you consider how Nas was treated, how Javi was treated. And there were guys who were brought in to be hunks and still got no attention. Dan from season two. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Omar. He should not really feel bad for himself, especially given that they just dumped one Islander who was brought in for him and they replaced her with another Islander who was brought in for him. So you're absolutely right about that. And also Georgia's just walked in and he's already like counted her out. Yeah, which is nuts. I can't believe it. And, you know, the Internet can't either. People are turning on Hugo. Faye has a little crush on Georgia. I mean, I'm sure it's like, you know, a girl crush, but. But I think the most interesting 
storyline to come out of these three new islanders is the tyler and kaz courtship oh it's so sweet there's so much giggling this week once he comes in you know they're both 26 year old adults being an estate agent is a temporary stop for him he wants to own his own law firm so they bond during the week at the end of the week he tells her if he liked anyone else he would tell her first Before cracking on, he really seems to have his head set on her, which is what he said from the beginning. She must have seen Clueless, where she got the genius advice to make a guy focus on your mouth. She asks him to untangle her earring while she's still wearing it, bringing them very up close and personal. And she shoots and she scores. They have a big fat old snog. Tyler and Kaz, super cozy. Yeah, Kaz really knows what she's doing. Go Kaz. Very, very happy for her. You know, I want to take back what I just said. I think the most interesting thing to come out of this is Abigail pulling Toby because she is here to fuck shit up, as she says. I thought it was a joke, but clearly it wasn't. First of all, we should have known that something was off when she said that she liked Chris Brown. And I know she was just naming her physical type, but still, ew. Yeah, it wasn't just her. Some other girl was like, oh, yeah, Chris Brown. I was like, How can any girl think that way about Chris Brown at this point? So what do you think? Is Abigail playing Toby like a fiddle? And also, how is Toby so dumb? How is she so dumb? What do you mean? Just why is she even going after this guy who's clearly doesn't even know which way to look? Yeah, he's a boy child. Has she not been watching the show? Has she not seen enough of the show? They watched it up until about three days in advance. Although I guess I don't know how it works with the two weeks of quarantine previously. Maybe she hasn't been watching. Tyler said he came in for Kaz and Georgia came in looking for Hugo. So they have some awareness of who's on the island. Yes. And what's been happening. Right. So she must have some sense of Toby's suckitude. She also might think that, you know, she's the one who will get him to settle down. But why? Why does she want him? I don't know. I don't know. Well, in an arc that sweeps up and down, Chloe is initially pissed that Abby is chatting to him. At the beginning, Toby's pretty closed off to Abby. He tells her that he's with Chloe, but he's interested in people who are interested in him. And as the day goes on, she turns up the flirting and he panics. And at first, you think Toby's going to stay strong. Yeah, I think she just manipulates him so well as saying, oh, Are you allowed to talk to me and making him feel like he's not really his own man, that Chloe is the one calling the shots? And it was pretty effective, in my opinion. Yeah, well, by the next day, Toby has barely even spoken to Chloe. She pulls him because she's angry. Yeah, she feels embarrassed and she feels disrespected. And I get it. I understand it. I mean, this is Love Island. Before you go cracking on with another girl, you're supposed to tell the girl you've been cracking on with, hey... I'm going to go crack on with this other girl now and let her decide whether she wants to continue to crack on with you or just be like, nah, I'm not interested in being a triangle. Toby doesn't do that. He wants to pretend like he's not really flirting with Abby when he clearly is. He just doesn't even talk to Chloe about it. Well, like I said in the beginning, I think he is a little bit stronger, but he doesn't hold that resolve for very long because he doesn't want to. Right. So Chloe gives him an out. She points to his young age and lack of experience as major factors into why he's having a hard time being a stand-up guy. That's an out. That's instead of saying, Toby, you suck personally. It's your life experience has led you to suck. Yeah, and how does he react to that? (laughs) 
that's not fair. Yeah, so the conversation ends with a cold friend hug, and Chloe is mad that she made peace when she's right to be pissed. Yep. Now, Aaron and Jake do try in vain to get Toby to see Chloe's perspective. Meanwhile, Abby is relentless. She keeps pulling Toby and tells him to flat out dump Chloe and pick her. And what's very telling is on the way to that chat where she says that specific thing, on the way there, she takes his arm because she's wearing stupid shoes and he gets really self-conscious. But after that chat, he offers her his arm. And you can tell right then and there, like his head is turned. And through this process of like all of these multiple pullings, Chloe starts to realize that she's not jealous anymore. She just wants Toby to fuck off. Yeah. On a lighter note, I do enjoy Kaz and Aaron watching this go down and laughing about it. Toby says, I don't like being in the drama. And Aaron just says, this is Love Island. Yeah, yeah. I think his actual words were, that's Love Island, baby. That's what you're here for. In a later conversation. The next day, Toby has this conversation with Chloe again. And now he says that his flirting with Abby is a test for Chloe and that they were coasting and needed this. Like, this is somehow going to make them into a strong couple or something? This guy is just so confused. But Chloe does admit that this is karma biting her in the ass for how she and Toby started. And Teddy reminds Toby that Chloe took a massive risk to be with him in the first place. And, you know, that merits a little bit more respect. So... In a disappointingly drama-less scene, Abby pulls Chloe and Abby says, I'm not trying to steal him. I just want to talk to him. And Chloe's like, if you want to deal with his shit, you're welcome to him. I don't have a problem with you. And it really does seem like there's no bad blood between Chloe and Abby, which was surprising and disappointing and mature. So finally, after all of these really frustrating conversations, Chloe forces Toby to decide what he's going to do. And he tells her when he knows, he'll tell her. What the fuck? Yeah. No. Chloe still doesn't push for any resolution. Toby tells Abby he's stepping away from Chloe and he's ready to have fun again. Toby does not seem to understand whose ball is in whose court or anything along with that analogy. We also learn that Hugo doesn't like Georgia. It is confirmed. I mean, she likes cats and horses and he is not okay with that. Yeah, he put her in the friend zone so quickly internally he friend zones her then he friend zones her to her face later in the week yes yes the week ends with another recoupling two recouplings in one week how did we get so lucky Faye yells out fuck because she knows chloe is at risk and she does not want chloe to go and the guys are picking yet again that is messed up. We better see the girls get some control pretty soon because otherwise I'm going to think that Love Island has just abandoned any pretense of being equally sexist. A lot of the female fan base is really not happy about this, about how the guys have really been driving the action. As you point out, this group of guys is not exactly the greatest group we've had on Love Island. No, I don't have any crushes. Fans are saying it's not fair to the girls. A lot of people feel that all of these guys should be dumped, especially Hugo and Toby, with the exception of Jake, at least at this point in the season. There's this whole idea Hugo is coasting and it's time for him to go. The only time I thought that was after he pulled the poor me. 
Yeah. To me, this also is interesting because it brings up how people watch the show and how they project themselves into the cast members. Because so many of the complaints feel like certain viewers take this personally. It's like the Islanders or the producers are doing this to them on purpose. Well, maybe they are. Yeah. Not the Islanders. Right. And in a sense, the producers are manipulating us with the show. And it's not so much a judgment about how entertaining the show has been to date, but what is kind of morally right. Can we talk about the recoupling? Yeah, let's get into this recoupling. It starts out with no real surprises. Aaron picks Lucinda, Liam picks Millie, and Teddy picks Faye. They've discussed life post-Villa, which we haven't gotten to see. I think this relationship would be so much sweeter if we got to see more of them. I don't think Teddy would have been voted to the bottom if we'd gotten to see more of them. Yeah, I agree. Then Jake picks Lib. He chokes up a little bit when he picks his Libby Lou. I love them. They're not quite as great as season six's great couples, but they are great. I really like them. Libby Lou, Millie Moo. It's all very, very funny. Tyler picks Kaz. Again, not surprising. And then Toby picks Abigail. In the hardest decision he's had to make because pie and Kaz was easy. Toby actually manages to insult all of the other female islanders in this speech. Man, Toby, Toby, Toby. Hugo, though, he shocks the villa. This is the big moment of the week. The big moment so far of the series, really. Hugo delivers this impassioned speech attacking Toby's actions and defending Chloe's honor. Is this the best speech in Love Island recoupling ceremony history? I loved it, but actually I was surprised it got a pretty mixed reaction in the Love Island Facebook groups. You know, I thought it was pretty measured. I thought it focused on the facts that Chloe didn't deserve this and it wasn't right. But people were really angry. And I don't know if that was just like a British thing or an internet thing or with any group of people, you're going to have different opinions about things. But I thought it was a pretty good speech. I saw a few different objections. I definitely saw guys calling Hugo out with the same kind of stuff that Toby says. Oh, you shouldn't have done it at the recoupling ceremony. You talk to somebody about that privately first. Which he did. Yeah, which he did. Exactly. And I also saw some people being upset that he did not do the same thing for Kaz or but he did mention in the speech that it was becoming a pattern that he did something similar to Kaz. Well, also, any guy can make a bad choice. And hurt a girl's feelings. And that doesn't necessarily make them a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, it became a pattern at this point. Right. Right. I know there were some people also who just generally don't like the idea of that type of direct confrontation. Maybe there is a little bit of British cultural norms coming in there. I also think it's worth mentioning, Toby aside, that Hugo says he is the happiest when he's with her and anything can happen. Now, there was no kiss when she goes over to him. Oh, he tried to make that happen, though. But maybe Hugo is showing a bit of gumption here. Yep, I think so, too. I think he is going to shoot his shot with Chloe. But he has obviously been pining for her the whole time, and good on him. I agree. I think ever since they hosted that icebreaker game. And yeah, maybe, since they friend coupled. Yeah, so I, I agree with that entirely. I do think it was the best speech in Love Island recoupling ceremony history, and maybe it is the type of speech 
speech you see much more often on American reality TV, where someone confronts someone else in front of a whole group, where on Love Island, the majority of the confrontations are one-on-one. Well, the guy confrontations anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, obviously, Toby is not going to let this go without a fight. No, there is a big fallout here. Liam and Aaron back Hugo. As does the naughty trio, Millie, Lucinda, and Chloe. But Faye backs Toby. But she also agrees with the naughty trio when sitting with them. So Faye's playing both sides. In the immediate fallout of this speech, there's a lot of aggressive whispering among the Islanders. And I'm really upset that Love Island seems to have dropped their subtitles for whispering. Like the stupid birds and the Just Eat commercials get better subtitles than the Islanders do. For those of us who are watching on VPN, we see the Just Eats commercials constantly. Those of you watching on Hulu have no idea what we're talking about. That's okay. So after the recoupling, Lucinda toasts to Georgia and Toby follows it up with an awkward toast about two-faced mugs. Lucinda has no idea what he's talking about. She thinks he means Chloe. Toby calls Hugo a girl follower, which is just so funny. He says Hugo never said any of this stuff before, which, as we already said, is lies. Oh, you're a girl follower. You're just going to do what the girls like. Toby has such a 12-year-old's idea of gender relations. So Hugo says the speech was not planned. He thought Toby was going to pick Chloe. And then Toby uses Danny's, well, there is a time and a place for you to have that conversation with me as justification for being upset. The conversation just gets heated and more heated. Toby shuts down further and further. And Hugo finally, I think too late, walks away telling him he loves him and is there to talk when he's ready while Toby pouts. And I feel like I've had that conversation with our four-year-old on numerous occasions and that Toby reacted just like our four-year-old. Yeah, Hugo and Toby just talk past each other. Toby seems totally incapable of empathy. Or seeing the parallels with the cask situation. There were tons of teacher-student memes going around out there, which I absolutely loved. You know, you can see that dynamic really clearly. Hugo says to Toby, I'm trying to help you, man. Like, I'm trying to help you, you know, see the picture clearly, be a better person. And Toby's like, I don't want your help. I don't want to be better. At the end of all this, Chloe is very grateful to Hugo, but they're still friend vibes. In another weird move, Toby pulls Chloe for some reason. I'm a little confused why he's doing it. She is also a little confused. And then he accuses her of being the one who is pushing him away. Yeah, he also says he was going to step away no matter what. Abby notwithstanding, it was already over. Yeah, right. Then he demands that his feelings be recognized. What about his point of view? Barf, barf, barf. So it's over now, right? Like, they, they're, they're finally over now. I feel like Toby really knows how to drag out a breakup. Yeah, I agree. Barf, barf, barf. So everyone goes to sleep. It's a rough night. In the morning, the guys have a healing circle that goes absolutely nowhere. Kudos on them for trying. Toby tells Hugo, you left me out to dry. And Hugo says, well, you did that to Chloe. And Toby's reaction was, but why did you say something? And he literally says, I'm never going to talk to him again. Like, ugh. Let's talk about something happy. The rest of this episode is pretty happy. So let's move to happy things. So Liam and Millie finally get a date. A short date. Didn't it seem really short? Well, they didn't show very much of it. Well, there's not very much to Liam. They talk about meeting each other's families and dogs. And he does confess to the guys that he may be falling. And who else may be falling? Well, who is defo falling? Jake is going to ask Lib to make it official. And they set up a date at the villa. 
What I haven't mentioned is that there have been a number of romantic moments between Jake and Lib throughout the week. She's mentioned a few times that she's falling but hasn't fell yet. So this is not out of nowhere. Like we really have been seeing a really nice lead up to this whole thing. So he makes Spagball, which is her favorite. What did you call it? I think I, I pronounced it wrong. Spagball? Yeah, they say Spagball. Spagball, not Spagball. <laughs> it sounds they both sound dumb, but... Well, one of them sounds like a particular, you know, eating instrument. Another one sounds like a gym class sport. So no matter how I say it, it sounds dumb. But regardless, he knows her favorite dish and he's going to make it and he knows she'll appreciate a nice, simple dinner. So that is the important part is that Jake is making this date based on Liberty's interests and likes. Yep. And Hugo and Liam are singing That's Amore. Jake and Liv are official. Magnetic bracelets are exchanged. She drops the L-bomb. For the second time, she says, I don't think I knew what love was before I met you. On the one hand, I appreciate Jake holding out on saying it until it's genuine. On the other hand, like TikTok, buddy, she's going to notice soon. You know, a lot of people on the internet are starting to get suspicious of Jake because he did not say that he loved her back. Well, I maintain my position. The evening ends on a good night and the episode ends on a public vote for a favorite couple. Unfortunately, Abby and Toby, as well as Tyler and Kaz, are exempt from that vote. Boo. Yeah, Abby and Toby definitely would have finished at the bottom and would have been eliminated if they were eligible. And I'm sure the producers do not want to lose Toby. I get it. I totally get it. I think that wraps up the week. That does. It was a lot. Yeah, a huge week. Now, next week, if you can believe it, is going to be even bigger. It is Casa Amor week next week. Let's do State of the Couples. So are we doing who survives? Yeah. Which couples are going to survive Casa Amor and which couples are going to see at least one person recouple? Okay. All right. So let's start with Jake and Liberty. Last week, you predicted they would still be together and they are. I should get bonus points for them being an official boyfriend, girlfriend couple. All right. I'm giving you bonus points. All right. They're going to survive. They have to. They will survive Casa. I agree. I I mean, if he went through all this trouble to do this right now, knowing it's like the midway-ish point, they have to survive. Yeah. I think he might do something mildly stupid, but they'll survive easily. All right. Let's go to our other solid couples. Liam and Millie. Will they survive Casa? I mean, they fall asleep in each other's arms every night. I have to say yes. Yeah. He's falling after that date. They have to survive. What about... Teddy and Faye. Ooh, hard one. I think she might do something stupid, but I think ultimately they couple back up. Yeah. So you think they survive? Yeah. Okay. So that's... But not smoothly. You're saying all three of these strong couples survive. How about our newest couple, Toby and Abigail? No fucking way. Yeah, Toby, his head will be turned as soon as he enters the villa. And I don't trust her either. Now, Hugo and Chloe are in a friend couple, so obviously I think I expect both of them to recouple. But our other new couple, Tyler and Kaz, what do you think's going to go on there? You know, I want to see them recouple, so I'm just going to say that they are, and maybe I'll speak it into existence. You're going to say that they are going to stay? Yeah, because I want to. All right. And then we still have 
Lucinda, and Aaron. Oh, I forgot about them. Well, there is such an important part at the beginning of the week, but by the end of the week, they've totally faded into the background. I think that they will split in Casa. Really? Yeah. Now, one of these couples is actually not even going to make it to Casa because we've got 14 people and we know only 12 are going to go to Casa. So one of these couples is going to be eliminated. Do you want to venture a guess on which couple might be eliminated? I think Hugo and Chloe might have outlived their time. Yep, I can see them going, but I think that Chloe's sympathy votes will keep them around. And I think Hugo still has enough goodwill to not. If there's a bottom three, they'll be in it. Yeah, I could definitely see them being in a bottom three, but I think that Chloe will keep them afloat. I don't know. Honestly, I I have a hard time predicting. I could see Faye and Teddy being eliminated because Teddy was not super popular. I can see. And Faye keeps sticking her mouth in the wrong places. Yep. And nobody likes Lucinda. I would hate to see them go. I love Aaron. I think he's actually been arguably the strongest male Islander we've had all season. So it'd be really bad if they left, I think. But we'll see what happens. I I really have no idea. No, and that's always the best when you have no idea what's going to happen. I agree. Right. Let's talk about our fantasies. Yeah, let's talk about our, well, let's talk about our fantasy league, our Love Island fantasy league. Not our fantasies, right? Oh, yeah. Semantics. Semantics. Okay, so in week four, our top scorer this week is Chloe. She comes in with 73 points, followed closely by Toby at 72. Chloe got, oh, she got a cuddle from Hugo that gave her the one point lead. Coming in after those two, you really have to go down to Teddy at 53 points, and no one else is very close at all. Now, unfortunately, actually, very fortunately, the lowest scoring Islander this week is Danny, and he leaves the villa with an accumulated negative 10 points. I would think AJ probably had a low number two, wouldn't she? AJ had seven points. Damn it. Oh, because she got some snogs. Yes. Danny didn't even get snogs. Yes. All right. How'd we do? How did we do? Well, this week, I came back and beat you this week. Now, if you remember, you won the previous two weeks in a row. And had taken over the overall Yes. And you were up by eight going into week four. And now you are up by one point. I beat you 73 to 66 this week. You had Lucinda and Liam, and I had Millie and Jake. So I edged you out this week, but you still have a one-point lead going into week five. Awesome sauce. So is it time to talk fashion? It is time for the TNA Report. The TNA Report. All right, a lot of girl stuff this week. Not so much on the guys, at least on my end of things. Well, last week we had the week of the jackets, so. So this week for all the girls, I hate the square toe chunky heels. Those are back. I wore those in the 90s. They weren't super cute then, and they're still not cute now. But I loved the matching pink outfits at the second recoupling. And I also really liked that Kaz planned coordinating outfits for the Jake and Lib date because all the girls were involved in one way or another. Everybody was involved in one way or another. Sharon goes out in a white dress with poof sleeves and wavy hair. Her last appearance is fantastic looking. And Sharon, we salute you. Lucinda had a good hair week. I like the double French braids. She looked like a boxer. And I liked her space buns at the 70s party. Liberty has a great bathing suit week. She's got a black lace bikini at Snog Mary Pie and a nude bikini with black trim later in the week. Both super cute. 
buffet. I hated the poofy denim shorts on the date. And also still the lipstick, the lipstick, the lipstick, the lipstick. I'm going to have to say this from now until the end of the show. Faye's lipstick. <laughs> Georgia, I loved, loved, loved. Maybe one of my favorite outfits thus far this season. The striped sparkly dress she comes in on. Like I would actually wear that. But then the flowered shirt at the recoupling was too baggy. She wasn't wearing a bra. I'm like, I don't have an ethical objection to it, but it didn't look cute. It was not flattering. Millie, the open jacket pink power suit at the second recoupling. Liam might have liked it, but I was not a fan. Bridging the gap from girls to guys. Let's talk about Chloe and Toby in the hideaway. Chloe looked super hot in the hot pink underboob lingerie and the cat ears. And Toby just made me laugh with the tuxedo thong under the jeans, no shirt, the cowboy hat, and then he added the bed fur from the hideaway. Yeah, he was really funny. I agree. When he shows signs of life, occasionally he is likable. He's an 11-year-old. Exactly. I liked Hugo's surrealist Hawaiian shirt. And last but not least, Teddy's tiger shirt. Anything to add to that? At the beginning of the week, I actually liked Kaz's bright yellow and orange dress. I thought that was cool. I don't think you are as big of a fan, but you know, I like bright colors. I like bright colors too, but I don't even remember that dress. I had a negative on Lucinda's outfit early in the week when she was wearing this kind of red wrap halter top. Not great, Cindy. Not great. And of all of those 70s parties outfits, I did want to specifically call out Millie's, which I was a really big fan of. Agreed. And it was one of the few that really looked like it was from the 1970s. I think overall the girls looked really cute that night. And then I was a big fan of Teddy's pink linen shirt at the recoupling. I like Tyler's uh, powder pink t-shirt as well. A lot of pink. I like a man who can wear pink. Yeah. And then big, big negative on the guy's side that I cannot let go away. This is even worse than turtlenecks in my book. Far, far worse. Because as you know, I think there are certain occasions where turtlenecks are fine. Beat poetry reading. Beat poetry reading. Cold day. Cold day. Or if you're LeBron James. So Liam is wearing a Nehru collar on his date shirt at the end of the week. I just think Nehru collars are terrible. They're very dated, that's for sure. Yeah. Maybe they're coming back. Uh, with the Crocs, clearly. All right. This is bringing us to the end of the episode, and it is time for Top Bits. I have to say there were a lot fewer to choose from. A lot more drama means a lot less hilarity. But I still managed to get five. So number one, the random cat skulking about outside paired with Ian's joke that everyone won the cat challenge because James Corden didn't show up. And number two, Liberty accepts Jake's marry ring with the wrong hand. And number three, Faye attempts to list the oceans and fails miserably. Yeah, that was actually really good. Number four was the commercial for the Essex Beauty Show. There were so many jokes in there that I just like didn't make because you can make them yourself. Yes. It was an easy one. And finally, Lucinda had previously asked the Islanders what animal they would be. And I didn't mention it because whatever, there was funnier stuff. But this week, she asked them, what condiment would you be? Did she read a book of icebreakers, like how to be popular at parties? Uh, and also Millie says cheese sauce. I wasn't a huge fan of Millie at first, but she has definitely grown on me. Yeah, I don't understand the Lucinda hate. I guess I get it a little bit. I just do not share it. 
I think she is really funny and entertaining. Also, she's I think she's the most naturally beautiful woman in the house, and that's always going to get people hating. Yeah, maybe maybe that's some of it, too. I'm super glad that she saw through Danny, as I mentioned earlier, and I am so happy that he had such a short stay in the villa, and I'm very disappointed he even got on the show in the first place. Amen. So on that note, because we are definitely running long, you can hit us on the socials. I'm at LBLI podcast on Twitter. At LBLI Peng. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, but don't bother. Yeah, you can email us and please do at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. We will read your comments and stuff on the podcast if they're insightful. Or if they're even coherent. Just like Chloe, the bar is low. So like we always say... From Staten Island. To Love Island. This was never going to work. Thanks for telling me.